Hello and welcome to The Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to another episode of Shape of Work podcast. Joining us today, we have Dr. Nikia Hamlet, the founder at Complex Psychology. Hi, doctor. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Thanks Thank for- you so much for asking. Thanks for having me. Anytime. My, my pleasure. So yeah, the reason we wanted to go ahead and have you as our guest, because our listeners are very keen in understanding how it takes, the now what kind of efforts it takes for startups to grow the transformation from the scratch. So I'm sure we are, you know, we'll be enlightened with all your listening about your journey. So can we start with a little bit about yourself and your career journey till now? Absolutely. I would say that I've always been a scholar, a lifelong learner, and I was always very interested in human behavior and psychology. And so I I went to school for education and psychology and became a clinical psychologist. So I've been working in that clinical world of clinical psychology for quite some time. And in that I've worked at, you know, big universities and I've worked in a mental health system and in those activities and in those spaces, it started to make me really kind of think about work and how people do their work and what helps people do their work better and what helps people have a better experience at work. And from there, I started to think about my own, you know, my own consulting, which I was doing consulting work as a psychologist anyway. And I started to really think about how can I support organizations in creating equitable, inclusive, and, you know, us healthy workspaces where people can thrive. And so in the last five to six years, I've really specifically done organizational consulting, working with companies, helping them create, you know, healthy workspaces for their employees. Lovely to know. Lovely. Awesome. Moving on. And, you know, we have this uh, millennial generation who is giving very tough competition to each other. So what is your secret sauce to winning the top talent? Is there anything which you specifically look at when you try to hire new people? Yeah, you know, I I very much believe that people do best in organizations when they work in really specifically in their zone of genius, you know, things that they are very talented and exceptionally good at, but also enjoy a tremendous amount. So I think when engaging millennials, it's really important to, as you are interviewing them and thinking about their skills and thinking about your organization, really trying to match them with their talent, you know, things that they really enjoy doing that they're excited about doing and that they're also very good at, because that allows for an opportunity where people not only enjoy their work, but they can continually be learning and actually really supporting the organization because they're so talented in that area. I also think with millennials, they are much more interested in the culture of an organization. Um, I think they're driven more than other generations by their values. And so I think given how many options are available to them in these, in these times, it's very important to really think about the culture of your organization. For example, more than ever, millennials are very concerned about the diversity and inclusion efforts in an organization. If, if they're really being mindful of the various 
identities of their employees, if they create spaces that uh, that people can explore and appreciate and learn about different cultural perspectives. I think they're also more concerned with the quality of life. I mean, I don't think millennials are interested in just working for a company uh, just because the job has been offered. They really want to know if you care about their well-being and are going to support their their uh, success personally and also professionally. So I think attending to those those aspects are really a way to really gain top talent. Absolutely. I think uh, this is this is very well said where, because we, the millennial generation, we are just not interested in the job which is offered to us, but a lot more, a lot beyond that, uh, like yes, the culture, yes. how we are treated and so many things. So talking about yes, culture yes. so much, Nikia, what do you do you want to share uh, anything? How can, you know, how can startups in, uh, enhance the culture of the organization? How can they develop culture of recognition? Do you, do you want to suggest anything? Sure. I mean, I, I think for one thing, you know, as, as I just mentioned, you know, really, I think inclusion in particular, in some ways mm-hmm. means really identifying the strengths and learning opportunities of individual employees and really, really getting to know them and their interests, their talents, their needs, you know, even things like their hobbies outside of work so that you can build a work environment that really speaks to who they are as people and kind of allows them to bring their authentic selves to work. You know, so I think those aspects really kind of getting to know your employees and their interests and their preferences and talents. And then structuring work opportunities and experiences, you know, growth experiences for them that speak to those talents. I also think it's really important to have, you know, rituals and routines as it relates to work. And I I often with the teams that I consult with, just talk Mm -hmm. about having a practice related to mindfulness or some other, you know, fun team building activity that they build into all of their meetings and activities to let people, you know, to build that idea of that we're a cohesive team. We can have fun together. You know, we we can kind of bring our authentic selves to work. And I think having those regular opportunities to engage with people in ways that aren't just um, strictly about the work, but also, you know, fun team building activities, et cetera, really allows people to, to, to feel comfortable in a workspace. And it builds that psychological safety and it builds a team cohesive cohesiveness. And so I tend to, the with the companies I work with, I tend to help them with experiential learning activities related to their work objectives, related to the, the, the specific team's, you know, activities. But experiential mm-hmm. activities kind of really help to create a space where people are learning together, but they can also have fun. And learn by doing. So I think those are those are key ways to build the culture. Absolutely. Fun while you earn is something I think which everyone would love to have these days. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's very well said. I think we are so many of us have already made a note of this. Thank you so much oh. for giving that input. Sure. Awesome. Now, another thing I which I wanted to ask you was, you know, in this age of accelerated and disruptive digital transformation, what are those competencies that will do- dominate today's skills economy? I mean, absolutely, especially, you know, as we've seen with the pandemic, how there is this mm-hmm. need for hybrid work. And and I think if anything, the pandemic taught us that we we have to be prepared for the unexpected and we don't know when our work life might change and we have to kind of do new things in a work context. And so I, I really think that 
um, integration, digital technology, whether that be digital learning courses, whether that be design thinking and how we plan our, our products and our ser- deliver our services. And I think anything that sort of integrates our work with the capabilities of technology and artificial intelligence and using uh, learning virtual and online learning spaces will be key. Because at this point, so many people work remotely or they work hybrid. People are constantly engaging with their phones and learning in that internet space all day long. And I think companies that are going to be innovative have to constantly be thinking about how to incorporate and use technology in their workspaces to make the work easier, to make people be able to have connections across across workspaces, across the globe, really, and to to be at the cutting edge of, of how we think about learning. Because now I think a lot about ubiquitous learning strategies where anytime, anywhere, people can log in and learn and engage with lots of different topics and different people. So I think that's really key as we move through this digital age. True, true. So true. So true. We can actually go, go sit anywhere and everywhere and can have access to whatever we want. That's, that's such great. a huge difficulty. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. great. Right. And um, Nikia, how are you becoming an employer of choice and enhancing the experience of employees across the value chain? Yeah, I mean, and maybe this is something I've already kind of said, but I yeah, when yeah. I'm thinking when I'm thinking about employees for my own organization, upfront I, you know, ask if I if they're willing to do like a, a assessment like the DISC or mm-hmm. the Myers Briggs or Strengths Finders. And I think about what jobs I need done in my in my company. And I really, really, really try to match to their skill sets. And I always talk to them up front about like, what is your immediate goal? What's your goal in five years? What's your goal in 10 years? Because I'm already thinking in my mind, if I want to be an inclusive employer, I want to think about the professional development and journey of this person that I'm bringing into my company. So I think of it like a partnership, like I need a job done, but I also want to support their development as a as a employee. And I think when people know that you're invested in them in that way and that you are you 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 want them to help you with some kind of job, but that you also are supporting their own professional interests. I think that's that's really the way to onboard people and give them learning opportunities and let them try different tasks so that they can see what they're good at and and you can have a real match between their talent and what you actually need done in your company. Yeah, that's excellent to what you just said. I think giving importance to them, their choices, their hobbies is yes. going to add so much value. Very well said. Yeah, thank you. Also, uh, so you know, talking about all this, I also want to understand now, you know, if you can highlight some of the mistakes that startup founders avoid should avoid while transforming the company from seed to a growth age. Any inputs from your side? Yeah, you know, I, I've in my own experience of building my company, you know, mm-hmm. I think one thing that happens is when you're a visionary, when you have an idea for a company, like someone who's a startup founder, you you see a really big, broad picture and you can see the future and you're thinking about technology and you're excited about your ideas. And it can be very easy to be thinking about your business, what it will look like 10 years from now, because you are people who start companies like this are tend to be visionaries. But what you realize very quickly is that you won't, you won't understand the challenges and the necessary steps, the in-between steps between where you are now and your vision of the future until you start to walk that path. And I think what some startup founders tend to do is they are building for the company they have in 10 years. 
but they don't have the infrastructure or experience or even the people to pull off what they're envisioning. And I've seen people lose money by trying to move quicker than they can, because really you've got to take it sort of one stage at a time. And at each stage, there's going to be new questions, new challenges, new opportunities, and it kind of builds upon itself. So I think it's great to have a broad vision, but then I think it's very important to have someone who sort of can help with operationalizing it at each step so that you can kind of slow and consistently build in a way that makes sense. Right. Someone experienced. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's, it's a interesting thing when you can sort of be so excited about these huge ideas and how it might change technology in the world. But then you got to get there like one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Slow and steady. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. And also, uh, Nikia, you know, employees of different ages, skills, perspectives, experience, and my expectations, how can employers manage and engage them to the organization's advantage? How to, you know, organize and probably understand them? Because we all have different backgrounds. So how sure. can we, how, how can an employer manage all these things? You know, one strategy I've been using in the last couple of years that I think is really powerful is just creating what I like to call learning circles. You know, creating spaces without much of an agenda where people can talk about, you know, engage in team building activities, talk about the work they're doing, you know, do some culture sharing, talk about their cultural perspectives, talk about why they came to the profession they have. And I find in those spaces where you can you can help people build connections across generations, across cultures, across teams, it kind of builds this sense of we are learning together and we are growing together by sharing our various perspectives. I sometimes think in meetings, meetings are very structured. You have an agenda, you have work to do. It's not always easy to help people understand these various perspectives, skills, ages, generational changes, et cetera. But if you can create spaces with somewhat of a structure, but not a real agenda other than, you know, building community and learning together, I think it offers an opportunity for people to start to unpack some of these things. I often think people of different generations, like let's say millennials and people who are closer to retirement, they don't always have an opportunity to really sit down in a casual way way and and learn about each other's work journeys. And so I think if employees can employers can create spaces where where employees can kind of share these other aspects of themselves, then when they're working together, it makes the work even even better. Correct. Correct. Very well said. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Nakia, we I have so many things to ask you, but we are running mm-hmm. out of time. So I'll have to end this here. But sure. it was pleasure talking to you and if at all my guests my listeners they want to reach you is LinkedIn the right place yes they can certainly connect with me on LinkedIn um, and I also my website is www.complexsite.com so yes awesome thank you for sharing thank you so much Nakia and have a lovely day yeah thank you bye thank you goodbye